Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Hey, Tom. Hey, Jay. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to get back at it here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, another meta episode. We're going to be talking about podcasting today. Um, That's top of mind for us, um, both because we're just doing a lot of work for clients these days in in the podcast realm. And and, uh, I traveled this week, uh, was in Washington, D.C. And every time I do, um, every time I'm in an airport, or a major city, it just reinforces this notion that audio is becoming increasingly important because pretty much everyone has AirPods or other uh, earbuds in their phone, uh, or sorry, in their ears, listening to their phone, uh, probably an audiobook or a podcast. And uh, it's just, that's the way that people are consuming content. Uh, you've obviously seen that as well. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, maybe five years ago, I would have presumed everyone was listening to music, but the data that we see supports that, you know, executives are increasingly consuming thought leadership content. It could be an audio book or a podcast, but they need to consume content via the audio format for it, it, precisely the context that you were describing, which is traveling or if they're at the gym or they're on the commute. And so the data support it. Anecdotally, we see it all the time. And yeah, I think that's the wave of the future. Yeah, and another anecdote to reinforce that, um, just today, uh, at least as of the recording of this podcast, uh, we, if, you, if you see in the trending stories on LinkedIn, there's a headline that says uh, Spotify doubling down on podcasts. And it's, a, it's linking to various stories reporting on the fact that today Spotify, which is the global, um, you know, used to be simply music streaming service, uh, is now... Uh, acquiring another podcasting network, The Ringer, Bill Simmons' uh, podcast network focused on sports. And that's one of several acquisitions that Spotify has uh, engaged in over the past, say, 12 months, um, with the, one of the first being uh, the, Gimlet, uh, the Gimlet startup company, which uh, is, is founded by one of the uh, producers at This American Life who went on to, to start Gimlet, Alex Bloomberg. And so Spotify is, is investing heavily in, in podcasts, which I think is another reflection of the, uh, of the growth of, of this content platform. Yeah. And of course, they also acquired Anchor, which is a free, quote unquote, free publishing platform for podcasts. So yeah, I mean, I would say they're, if they're not all in, they're, they've got most of their chips in right now. Yeah, for sure. It's- so, so all of this is pointing to the fact that I think for um, law firms and, and other professional services firms, uh, those who... Uh, sell expertise and oftentimes market that expertise via the creation of thought leadership content. Podcasting is something that um, every firm should be considering as, as, as an additional platform to create uh, for purposes of, of sharing their content. And so today uh, on this episode, we're going to be discussing five issues that we think a law firm should be considering uh, if they're considering starting a podcast. So these are some of the foundational elements, foundational principles. If you were to envision, you know, getting together with your law firm's internal marketing team and, and perhaps some of the attorneys who might be part of this initiative, 
and standing at a whiteboard and thinking about what are some of the key issues we need to consider uh, to make this podcast successful, like in this planning phase. Um, these, would, these would certainly be um, among the issues that, that a firm should, uh, should be considering. So, so Tom, why don't we, we dive in there? Um, and I think, you know, the one big overarching issue that helps inform uh, some of the other decisions you'd be making as a law firm uh, when it comes to starting a podcast is, is just getting down to what is, the, what is the purpose? What is the major objective that you're trying to, uh, to achieve with the creation of a podcast? And, um, you know, there, some, some firms it might be just thinking, well, you know, we see more and more firms doing it. So we're, we're trying to get on board. Um, it's not a particularly good reason, but certainly, you know, catching the trend that's happening in the industry is and following that trend is is something that you know most firms are 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 considering when they're when they're starting something but but overall um you know a, lo- a podcast can serve many different purposes um a major one is uh brand awareness it's simply another channel to reach more people and to position your firm uh from a, a brand awareness standpoint um it's a way to showcase thought leadership certainly obviously you're most podcasts are featuring uh, your attorneys, your thought leaders in your firm, and it's giving them an opportunity to showcase both their expertise and their personalities in a, in a format that perhaps isn't possible uh, when it comes to, say, writing a blog post. Um, I think it also allows those within, say, a practice group, if this podcast is focused on a particular practice group, to, to work together and it involves some people in the creation and production of thought leadership that, that may not be doing so currently. Perhaps, again, they, someone might not feel like they're a strong writer uh, of this type of content, uh, but they're more comfortable uh, doing uh, public speaking, which would then translate perhaps to, to podcasting better than, than if someone just is a writer who's not comfortable speaking about these issues. Um, and I think because podcasting tends to be more popular among, you know, younger demographic that has grown up with podcasting, um, it's an opportunity to get some of your uh, more junior attorneys perhaps involved in the, in the creation of, of thought leadership. And then, and then finally, as we'll talk about more as we uh, discuss some of these additional issues, would be uh, the issue of um, having an opportunity to uh, develop relationships with prospective clients and other influential people, you know, in the industries you're targeting with the podcast. So, so these are all, you know, objectives that uh, a firm might have. Uh, they might not have all of those objectives in mind, but these are some of the key things that we see that firms should be considering is, to, you know, because, because depending on what your objective, overarching objective is, things like, uh, your branding, your show format, uh, the topics you select, those all might be impacted by what your overarching objective might be. So, so Tom, what else do you think about that issue? Yeah, it's a, it's a great issue. Um, and probably the most important one, because as we'll demonstrate, I'm sure as we go along, everything keeps coming back to, well, what is your purpose? So you, you, you mentioned several objectives and what I would just encourage law firms to consider and then document. So have really good lively discussion around this, whoever the committee is that's planning the the podcast production, and then actually document the outcome of this discussion, which is to move beyond objectives and actually get to purpose. So objectives are things like brand awareness, you know, quote unquote marketing. Those are somewhat nebulous outcomes of what you hope to achieve, but they don't really get to purpose. Purpose to me is let's document who this is for and why we are doing it and what we expect 
a successful outcome to look like measurably. One example might be we are launching a new practice. Say it's a medicinal marijuana practice. We are launching this practice. We're going to support it through thought leadership content that we're going to deliver in the audio format because we want to generate inbound inquiries from owners, operators, referral sources of these types of businesses. That Now that is a purpose and that is measurable and that is six months in or three months in, you're going to be able to look at that and say, did we or didn't we? So I think it's important to understand purpose separate from objectives or overarching aims. And the, one of the things I think that might be holding law firms or lawyers back from doing this, you see a, a, a quip, even not even just in our space, but just more generally online, you see it everywhere. It's some version of the following, which is a tweet I saw actually just this morning, which is I'm proud to announce that I am the last person on earth that hasn't started or been a guest on a podcast, <laughs> right? It's like this joke that everybody in the world is doing it. And for that, there's, there's a reason to deride or make fun of the fact that everyone's jumping on this latest craze. Well, it, yeah, I would say that's true. If the purpose as you've defined it is to be the next Joe Rogan or next Adam Carolla, then yeah, it is silly to start a podcast as a lawyer and expect that that's going to be the purpose. But if the purpose is more clearly defined and more specific and it's targeting a niche, that is something that is uh, explicitly perfect for the establishment of opening a new channel like audio to deliver thought leadership content into a niche. So, you know, you wouldn't make the same derisive comments about your website, right? Everybody's got a website, but no one makes fun of the next firm that starts a website. Everybody's got a blog, but no one says, oh my God, I'm the last person in the world that doesn't have a blog. This is just another channel that I would submit based on the data that we referenced earlier in the anecdotal evidence that we're seeing. This is going to be akin to your written blog and your electronic newsletter, it is going to be a mandatory tool going forward because of the way people consume content. So be clear on purpose, not only to measure your outcomes, but be clear on purpose because I think it will remove some of that hesitation. Like, am I just doing this because everyone else is doing it or do I really want to achieve an outcome? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely right. And so in that sense, having a, a clear purpose in mind is the thing that's going to, and you, and you tie that purpose to what you're doing. It's going to allow you to avoid the, the pod fading phenomenon, which is that a lot of people start podcasts, but uh, a great uh, number of them fade out after say three to five to seven episodes. And because they don't, you know, they don't have that purpose in mind, which, which allows them to overcome the fact that uh, or overlook the fact, at least in the short term, that it's it's not, you know, an audience isn't built overnight and you're not going to see results overnight, but you will over the long term. So that's, I think, you know, to your point, that's why you should have a purpose in mind. Yeah. And also just to reiterate, insulating yourself from a perceived um, lack of traction because you're not becoming an instant celebrity, which if you don't go into it with that sort of vanity metric in mind, then you're not going to be disappointed because you're going to start seeing little wins like, a referral source saw your content, listened to it, commented on it. That's a huge win. It's not thousands and thousands of subscribers, but it's the win that you're likely going for. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's turn to issue number two, uh, which is positioning. So, do you want to take uh, take a lead on that, Tom, in terms of uh, getting that issue teed up? Yeah. So, predictably, positioning all comes back to purpose. So. Um, when we say positioning, I think the key, the key thing to define is what audience are we trying to reach specifically? 
Um, and if you've de defined your purpose earlier on, then this just becomes easy. This is like a fill in the blank. Well, we just referenced our purpose was in the example that I referenced earlier is to gain exposure and penetration into an emerging market. This happens to be medicinal marijuana owners, operators, uh, or referral sources therein. And so now defining that audience becomes easy. So going back to though the analogy or, or to, to make a point that's analogous to what I was saying earlier about if, if you broaden your purpose and your purpose is brand awareness and just exposure and you know some sort of vanity metric like quote unquote certain you know achieving celebrity in a market then then your positioning is really broadly based and it's not narrowly focused and anyone that's listened to this podcast or read anything written by you or I know that really what we're always advocating is quite the opposite, which is to go narrow in your niche, go narrow in the definition of your audience because you'll be able to penetrate that niche deeper and get more deeply engaged listeners. Yeah. So I think fundamentally this issue comes down to, uh, you know, can you answer the following question, um, which would be, we will produce blank quote subject matter so with the subject matter you're dealing with for blank audience so what is the subject matter what is the audience and what what i think firms need to think about is the fact that the more broadly relevant you try to make your podcast the less you know intensely interested any any group of of listeners is going to be and the in that and the you know paradoxically the bigger market you go after the harder it's going to be to actually build that audience um there are you know there are lots of general interest podcasts out there but what you're trying to do especially if you're using this as a tool that you hope uh benefits business development is you need to find a you know maybe the the smallest viable audience you can um and and produce content that is hyper relevant for that audience because um, you don't need you don't need a big, massive audience, right, Tom? I mean, you need the right audience in this instance. So, um, you know, it's advisable generally not, you know, if you're a law firm, not to have a, a single podcast for your corporate group. If that corporate group consists of, you know, 15 different sort of sub-practice teams, that kind of thing, you're necessarily going to have a, a podcast then that's, that's either too general in the sense that you're never contextualizing that advice for any particular industry, or um, just bouncing from bouncing from thing to thing that uh, and topic to topic, so that you're never going to gain any traction with any particular listener. You want your listener to think this podcast was made just for people like me, and people like me might be general counsel to um, you know the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, things that that sort of narrow positioning is the very thing that's going to allow you to perhaps start small as you perceive it in terms of if you're counting your subscriber growth and audience members, but that, that, you know, quote, small audience hopefully will then grow and will be populated with people who are really going to help you move the needle and see you as an expert and, and you generate opportunities as a result of that. So narrow positioning is key. Um, you're not looking to build a big, massive audience. That's just not it's, it's just not reasonable to expect that that will be the case um, unless your podcast host is already famous or you started this thing 12 years ago, which most firms haven't. Um, so narrow, uh, minimum viable audience, um, really relevant to, uh, you know, the, the narrow, uh, narrowly positioned uh, industry you're focused on and keep it relevant. And that will allow you to grow traction over time.
Yeah, and the one thing you neglected to mention, but it's probably, you know, just built into your DNA, is we always, you and I always look at this through the, the prism of can we establish ourselves or can our clients establish themselves as a true thought leader? And when you're a generalist, it's difficult to be perceived as a master of all trades. But if you're super focused and laser focused, then it's easier to demonstrate deep understanding and contextualize insights and demonstrate honest to goodness expertise that is considered to be thought leadership. And, and that's, again, going back to purpose, if your purpose is to win over some segment of some market, then you need to be a thought leader. It's not just good enough to say, well, he, he knows a little bit about everything. It's probably why you and I don't have a dating podcast. Right. So, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. We're not experts at everything, but no. the, 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 the thing that we try to be experts at, we stay limited to. And I just, I love the concept of minimum viable audience. I think if you attack it that way and you keep stripping away until you get to something that feels like I can't strip away anymore, then you're probably done it just about right. Yeah. So um, Seth Godin, who also, who talks about minimum viable audience, um, he also talks about when you're creating something like this, um, think about it from an audience first perspective and not a product first perspective. And what, what he means by that is a lot of times people set out to build something, whether it's a, it's a, it's a piece of software or it's a podcast and they think, oh, I've got this great idea for a podcast. Um, but what they are not doing is thinking about the audience they want to serve and what product would be appropriate for that audience. So, so it's sort of just flipping the mindset from like, I've got a really cool idea for, for a, a podcast to, I know, I know my audience inside and out. And if I think about what matters to them, what they're thinking about, what issues they're dealing with, then I can craft the appropriate podcast strategy to meet the, their needs. So, so just maybe, you know, think about it audience first versus product first or podcast first, and that might help you think through some of these issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's see, f turning to the next topic, Tom, I think um, let's talk about format. Uh, it's another issue that uh, firms sometimes uh, struggle with because there's some, there's some various uh, different things to think about here. Um, the first one, I guess, is from a format standpoint of what is the show, you know, what does the show look like? How is it structured? Is, is this going to be an episodic podcast where uh, you, you're going to get on a regular publishing schedule and you're going to put out episodes every week or every two weeks and it's, it's going to be an ongoing initiative? Or is this going to be a serial podcast where you say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to set out to we're going to set out to put out ten episodes, and we're going to cover maybe a discrete topic or set of topics, and then we're going to leave it at that, and then maybe release another serial um, uh, podcast. You know, maybe six months from now, or or whatever the case might be. Um, and and I you know we see law firms do both. Um, the more typical is episodic, where it's just started and it's intended to be ongoing. Um, one of the you know I think. More firms, uh, especially those who are on the fence about this initiative altogether, um, the episodic approach might scare them off a little bit because they're just not sure. They don't want to start something and then, and then you know, again, see it get five or six episodes in and then bail on it or, or not be able to get new content out. Um, so for, for a firm in that position, a serial approach is not necessarily um, a bad idea. Uh, because it's a way to sort of beta test the, the concept here, uh, you know, get proof of concept as to whether this is something that um, is beneficial, is something that you're, is manageable for your firm, um, that your attorneys are enthusiastic about and engaged in. Um, so you're not committing to some big long-term initiative. You're, you're 
only deciding to do something much more discreet in nature, and that can allow you to, to test um, the idea. So that's, that's one format issue. Any, any thoughts on that, Tom? Additional thoughts on the episodic versus serial approach? Yeah, well, one of the things that comes to mind on the serial side, so I, I'll just stick with the same example. You've launched a new practice at the firm, new practice group, and maybe you don't need to you know, podcast on topics in perpetuity, but maybe there's a set of, like you suggested, 8 to 12, 10, whatever it might be, of topics that you can cover in each episode. And then you've got a package, and then, like you said, leave it at that. Um, but that leaving it at that doesn't mean that you just kind of let it sit in the dust and, you know, just wither away. That's a somewhat of an evergreen business development tool that you can continue to drive people back to. So new engagements or new prospects, you might be in a conversation with a prospect and say, you know what, we've been talking around a lot of these issues. I would love to invite you to just listen to, in order, the 10 episodes that we created for a business just like yours or an attorney just like you who is, is, is working with clientele that have these issues and just listen to it, you know, and I'll check in with you and three, four weeks if you've had time. Um, but I'm going to send you a link to episode one. Hopefully you get enough value out of that. You know what I mean? And so you're creating something that has some evergreen marketing ability to it, even if it's, it's sort of landlocked in time. So, um, you know, another example that you've referenced um, is maybe this isn't as evergreen, but it's, it's tied to an upcoming event of some sort. So Jay, you could talk about the, you know, there's an annual conference coming up in eight months and we've targeted, you know, that, that date as a, as a big date that we want to generate some appointments with some prospects, but how could you use a podcast in your view to maybe create a package that leads up to this and then uses the event as sort of this launch pad? Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of one of our, our uh, things that we, we emphasize for clients quite a bit when it comes to um, thinking about how to effectively use your podcast. Um, and that would be, yeah, it's so say, you know, you've got the, the marquee industry conference or trade association event for uh, an industry area you're focused on that relates to the content you discuss in your podcast. Well, um, think about in the lead up to that event, uh, looking at the agenda and reaching out to the speakers uh, who are going to be appearing at the conference or the conference organizers and releasing a, you know, five, six, seven or, you know, eight episode serial podcast that um, where you interview the, the, the speakers about some of the hot topics that are going to be discussed at the industry conference. And, and you really, you know, immerse yourself in the conversation happening in the lead up to an event like that. So you're, you're seen as, you know, uh, one of the thought leaders that are um, both promoting the conference, um, having discussions around the ideas going to be discussed at the conference. It's a great tool all around for, again, you know, things like brand awareness and, and making those connections that you might not, not otherwise have. And then when you're at the conference, you know, uh, hopefully through the marketing you've been doing, um, people have been listening to your content and are more aware of you. And it's a, it's a conversation starter for people. And I think it's impressive to, to do that sort of thing. Um, you know, out, even outside of the, uh, uh, you know, any, any involvement with the conference organizers, you can, you can do that sort of initiative or even better in conjunction with them. Right. So bottom line, I guess, is that you are, um, you don't, it's, you don't need to consider this as a task that you're undertaking in perpetuity and it's going to be your new quasi career as a podcaster. There's, there's ways to, you know, compartmentalize content and just do something serial. Um, 
but you know, I let, maybe we should turn because we've talked a little bit about serial podcasting. Let's look at the other side, this sort of um, episodic, you know, no set end in sight. And we're creating now a platform for us to continue to offer insights and perspectives into a certain industry. And then, so that is something that, you know, maybe you don't think of it in perpetuity, but you at least got to think that this is going to last six, 12, 18 months. And then it's, you need to plan out, right? So you don't want to go into episode one um, talking about something that, you, you know, I think you want to consider that this is a journey that you're taking listeners on and maybe plan out your editorial calendar accordingly. Our first episode I always reference is the fact that we discussed how important it was to establish a niche, which goes right in line with whenever we're launching a new initiative for a client, we're asking them to, to clearly define the audience niche. So that was sort of step one for us. But maybe we should talk about planning this editorial calendar. It's probably not something that lawyers are accustomed to, but marketing departments are certainly, you know, they've had to build editorial calendars for blogs and, and, and the like. Um, let's, Jay, maybe I'll have you start. Any tips for how you're going to go about creating this content calendar for an episodic podcast? Sure. Yeah. And, and like you said, this gets a heck of a lot easier if, you're, if you've got a narrow focus to your podcast, much more difficult if you don't, um, which you, is, again, seems sort of counterintuitive because if you think, well, if I'm covering more topics, I'd have more to talk about. But it's sometimes very hard to generalize you know, these, these issues when you can get um, very specific and narrow and you, under, and you really understand your audience, which is the key, um, then all kinds of ideas arise because, because you know the audience. You're, you know, the attorneys, if you have a narrow focus, the attorneys who are going to be involved in the initiative are dealing with similar situations, similar types of clients, they're spotting patterns, they're um, really, you know, immersed in, in the ideas and hot button issues that are happening within an industry and within their industry niche. And as a result of that, you know, the flow of uh, ideas for an editorial calendar are, are really endless. So um, the, narrow, the narrowness of your niche relates to the uh, richness of the editorial calendar, I think, that you can develop. But think about it in these terms. I mean, getting back to this idea of, you know, the, the marquee industry conference um, for, for your market niche. Um, the, the agenda uh, related to all of the breakout sessions at that conference would probably be a great starting point for, you know, 12 months worth of episodes for your podcast. So those would be the, again, assuming that this conference has its finger on the pulse of the industry you're focused on, those would be the kind of questions and the issues that you're trying to address through your podcast. So what are the things that your attorneys are bumping up against uh, on behalf of their clients every day? What questions are being asked of them? What challenges are they trying to solve? What are the what are the commonalities? What are the patterns that they're seeing? Um, the, the the issues that you're dealing with, with uh, in your work and in conversations with your clients in your narrowly focused niche are the the very topics that you can expand upon uh, in your editorial calendar. So so you really need a means to um, brainstorm those types of topics. Again, if it's if you have that narrow focus, it's it's a lot easier to do so. And then have attorneys capture the interesting issues that are coming up in the day-to-day -day context of their work. So, um, you know, continuing to build, not thinking of, of building an editorial calendar as something that happens in the planning process. And, and you know, over the course of 12 months, you have a, a rigid, uh, you know, set calendar. Um, you want to supplement that with obviously the, the issues that are arising um, over the course of the year, whether that be legislative, um, issues happening within the court system or just simply questions that are arising within an industry that you're focused on. 
Absolutely. And the only thing I would add to that is to encourage those planning editorial calendars to, to try to emphasize unique perspectives. So if the goal is to establish yourself as a thought leader, you know, doing the same types of content or answering the same questions in the way that any attorney might answer them isn't going to um, achieve any sort of differentiation. So it's difficult at first because the easy topics are the ones where some massive piece of legislation comes out and now we're gonna contextualize what that means for our clients. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's kind of the, the building blocks for, for good content, but what is great content? Great content is the thought leader who stands on the ship of the bow or the bow of the ship looking out across the sea and can predict five, 10 years ahead what's, what's coming down, what's heading our way, um, avoiding pitfalls, you know, um, identifying trends and providing deeper analysis. That's going to come natural to a lot of content providers. Some others might need to challenge themselves, but to the extent that you can, I think we want to try to find unique perspectives, differentiation, and again, true thought leadership. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you, if you're thinking about um, both the topic selection, you know, if you can, if you can think about this, the structure, a good structure of a story, any story really. And, but in the context of a thought leadership story, which would translate into a podcast episode, um, you, you know, you might be looking for something like, okay, we've got an idea for a topic. Um, can we find a, can we find a compelling story for, for example, in the news, which kind of introduces this topic and contextualizes it. So say it's something in, um, you know, whatever, whatever the issue might be, you can find a news item that is interesting, um, that's relevant and that's objective in terms of, it just explains why this topic that you're talking about might matter to your audience. And then you add your expert insight on top of that and you provide the audience with some key takeaways from the episode, well, then you've got, a, you've got a good topic if you can kind of follow that formula or that structure or framework. So, um, you know, kind of run your topics through that filter. Do you have a, do you have a good story to relate to this topic? Um, do your attorneys have something interesting to say about it? And can you leave your audience with some sort of actionable takeaway um, at the end of the episode? If, that's, if that checks those boxes, then I think you've got a, a good topic for your calendar. Yep. Absolutely. And maybe now we should move on to the last topic that we're going to cover today, which is now that we've done considerable work, you know, planning the work, eventually you need to transition over to working the plan. And we can start touching a little bit on some pre-planning of production and workflow, um, because I think this will be, depending on the size of the firm and depending on, you know, I referenced earlier, a quote unquote committee who all has been part of this process and who will be participating in the actual production. So you might have multiple attorneys who all have different voices who all want to participate. You've got, you know, more than one likely, you know, pe uh, professional on the marketing team that's coordinating efforts. So you're going to, if you don't sort of process map out how this is going to work, you could find yourself just overwhelmed with a massive kind of competing initiative. So we've done, um, Jay, you've worked with uh, a number of, firms to help kind of create some control out of that chaos. What are some of the things that, you know, if you start getting beyond the conceptual planning phase and you start getting into production, what are some of the things you need to plan for and consider? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to keep this brief because there's so many different directions we can go with this issue. Um, and it is, it is critical, but to not overcomplicate things, I would say for one thing, have a really good uh, project management software in place for this type of initiative because you're going to have lots of moving parts. You're going to have lots of data you need to aggregate in one in one place um, that's that's well organized and easily accessible from things like 
um, you know, the, the audio files themselves or any sort of show scripts and, and other workflow documents you have. Um, and, and you're also going to have a number of people involved as well. So you've got the attorneys and perhaps the guest, uh, guests who are going to appear on the podcast, the, the marketing team, the various people involved, the people that are going to be doing some of the audio engineering. So you're going to need some good project management tools to, to keep this all organized. Um, the second thing is, uh, you know, it's hard to get attorneys to carve out time for this sort of initiative. And, um, you know, the, the process of... It, the process of recording an episode, say you're doing 30 minute episodes, um, doesn't take all that long, but to, but once you've got an attorney, in my opinion, uh, get, get multiple ap- episodes recorded at once. So try to do some batch recording of episodes. It, it's, it's easier to get an attorney scheduled for like a two hour block where perhaps three episodes could be recorded, certainly than three separate, you know, 30 minute blocks of time. That way, you know, if you're, do, if you're releasing episodes every other week, um, you can get a month and a half, month and a half's worth of content done in a two hour block of time um, and, and be set. So it doesn't seem like an overwhelming process. So as part of your workflow and the production of the podcast, definitely try to think about doing um, a batch recording of episodes. I think that'll help you to be successful. And then also think through from the start, like what is the approval process that's going to be required within your firm to get these episodes launched? Because that's one of the things that you need to build in time because, uh, you know, both from initial scripts to the extent you're, you're, you're scripting out, you know, various aspects of your podcast episodes or getting approval of the final audio. Um, if you have to run that through a committee or multiple individuals within a busy law firm, that could take a heck of a lot of time. So um, thinking through what that uh, approval process will be and building in the appropriate time. Um, and also that's another reason to batch episodes is that, you know, it's better to give uh, an approval committee a, a, a three episodes to listen to and review at once rather than hitting them up, you know, every other week with a, with a new project to, uh, to review. So uh, those are, I think three things uh, we, we could go in a number of different directions, like I said, but those are three, I think key things to think about Tom. Yeah. And I, the only one that I'll add so that we don't go into myriad directions, but it's to, I think whether it's this or any other initiative that you're trying to establish some um, regularity with is just to try to, as best you can, inject some discipline into the cadence. So whatever the, the workflow is going to be, establish it and try to stick to it. So if, if you need to get an attorney's time and you're going to shoot for two hours and you need to do that once a month, carve out, and I know this is difficult with, with attorneys or anyone who's very busy, but if you can, to the extent that you could say, okay, Friday mornings at 10 a.m., the third Friday of the month, that's when we're doing it. And now an attorney can maybe plan around it to some degree, as opposed to the opposite, which is, well, we've got, you know, uh, uh, some topics coming up. We need to find some time on the attorney's schedule. And now you're looking at three, four weeks out just because the attorney's booked up. So if you can create a cadence, you know, and stick to it in a, a discipline around it, then I think people will come to expect and plan around these activities. And it won't be so difficult to maintain that momentum. Yeah, that's a great point to, to wrap up on, Tom. So 
Um, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. I, we've covered some ground, there's more, but uh, certainly to the extent you wanna learn more, um, Tom, you and I have both been writing quite a bit uh, about podcasting lately. So we'll make sure to link up um, several articles that touch upon and expand upon some of these issues in greater detail in the show notes of the episode. And, and I would also say, um, as we mentioned, we're doing more work in this area ourselves. So to the extent that you're, you're you know, uh, inspired or or otherwise uh, interested in discussing some of these issues in more detail, you can always get a hold of us directly, uh, find our uh, contact information on our website or connect on LinkedIn. So always happy to talk about podcasting because it's something we're, we're enthusiastic about. So, um, yep. so Tom, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm anxious too. On the, the last front, we've been talking for 30, 35 minutes or so. It's going to be interesting to get, get back to the internet and see who else Spotify has acquired in the podcasting space. So <laughs> it's been a while. I'm sure they got somebody. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we've got a, a term sheet in our email, Tom, yeah, for, the, yeah. for the thought leadership project. Right, well, <laughs> I'll check. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. Thanks everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.